Clarity is a critical component of effective preaching. When you are clear, people remember and can apply your teaching to their lives. Whether you're preaching in a corporate worship setting, leading an online worship experience, or hosting a Bible study in Zoom, clarity is critical. On today's episode, we will talk about how to clarify your preaching so it is more memorable and effective. So join us as we learn how to thrive in preaching on the Thriving in Ministry podcast. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. At Daily Pastor, we know that church leaders want to be better equipped for ministry. You need encouragement to not just survive, but thrive in the place where God has called you. I'm Kyle Willis, and as always, we're joined by Dace Clifton, pastor himself. Hey, Dace, welcome to the show. Kyle, great to be here, and I love to talk about preaching. So this is going to be good, and I hope I'm clear. I don't know. There's always areas that we could grow, and so that's really what this is about. It's about growing in our own preaching and skill and staying at it. Yeah, and uh, you know, clarity is something that uh, we do try to help pastors and church leaders uh, through on the Thriving in Ministry podcast, but um, I'm sure that sometimes preaching doesn't go all the way according to your plans. So Dace, uh, you usually ask the questions, but today uh, as we're talking about preaching, I've got a question for you. Has a sermon ever put you to sleep or better yet, have you ever put someone to sleep? Wow. Well, I could certainly answer in the affirmative on that latter question. Have I ever put someone to sleep? Right. I mean, can you, can you tell this story? You don't have to name names. You know, the, the, just... the, the, the occasions are too numerous to quantify with numbers, you know, right? I mean, it's just a, for some, well, for some people, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, there are other pastors that can relate. Maybe this is my own unique experience. I don't know. I just think there's one or two people in my congregation that have a good case of narcolepsy. I, I, I really think that could be the case. And so, you know, you can't always gauge, you know, how great a sermon is, you know, based on, you know, if that one guy falls asleep, because there's a guy, you know, out there. But how do you know they're not uh, just like really deep in prayer instead of in sleep? It's possible. It's possible. However, unlikely. And I don't know why. <laughs> I guess my head never snaps back after uh, a deep prayer session. Uh, that's always the dead giveaway. Well, here's what I want to say, though. And this is really why you know I appreciate you asking that question, because the bottom line is this, Kyle. The apostle Paul put somebody to sleep when he was preaching Acts chapter 20. Brother fell out of a window, broke his neck, and Paul had to raise the dude from the dead. I'm just telling you, you know, Paul was an awesome preacher and a great Christian. I mean, one of the greatest Christians, if not the greatest Christian on the planet, put a brother to sleep. So if I put somebody to sleep or any of our listeners, you put somebody to sleep, hey, you're in good company. Paul did this. But... Let me footnote that just for a moment and simply say, hey, we, we all do need to work on improving in our craft, right? Ultimately, God's Spirit's going to lead us in this, but we need to do all we can to be clear and to get better. And that's really what this whole series in Thriving and Preaching is about. Absolutely, Dace. And so as we're speaking about thriving and preaching, uh, specifically with clarity, um, I know there's a verse that uh, is going to kind of help focus and bring clarity for us today. You mind sharing with us the verse of the day? You bet. It's Colossians 4, verse 3 through 4. And of course, the book of Colossians was written by Paul. And so this is Paul requesting prayer. And it's interesting what he's requesting prayer for. So let's read it and find out. It says, 
At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am a prisoner. And check this out, verse 4, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So it's interesting to me that, you know, Paul, this, you know, amazing Christian, this this phenomenal preacher of the gospel who God used so mightily was concerned with his preaching and asking people to pray. Hey, pray that I can make the gospel clear. Pray that I can, you know, can communicate this clearly, how, which is how I ought to speak it. So, you know, I, for me, that just is a wonderful reminder. It's a, an encouragement to say, hey, you know, we need to pray. We need God's help in this. And certainly in this episode, you know, anything that I say regarding preaching is predicated on the belief and understanding that, man, we need God's help for this. I do like that verse and what scripture is telling us about the importance of clarity. Uh, let me ask you this for the pastors, church leaders that are listening here uh, as they're preparing their sermons uh, for the upcoming week or their messages. Uh, you know, let's start with why, why is it important to be clear in our preaching? Well, it's been said that a mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pew. And basically what that means is there's really two dynamics, I think, that work against a, a rookie preacher, if you will. And we can all be in danger of rookie mistakes. One is, is that perhaps the details of what I'm going to say are a little bit hazy. If they're hazy and unclear in any respect, it's just going to be a complete fog out, out there. People are going to be lost. The other mistake, and this is probably the more common mistake for a, a rookie preacher, is they are so excited to get the opportunity to stand up in front of other people and preach and they study and study and they have so many ideas and so many things that they want to say. And it is like a rapid fire machine gun and they just blow people away in the sense of just boom, like an ocean wave of information, details, facts, all coming at you right? It's all been built up for three years of seminary or more. And here's the chance. And that lack of clarity, right? That onslaught, that hurricane of information, it loses people in the storm. And so there's, there's a different way we've got to take it. Yeah. I wonder how many times a sermon has been more clear at 40 minutes or 50 minutes than it was at 25. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we doubled it. Did it become twice as clear? Probably not, at least to simple-minded folks as myself. So uh, let me ask you this, Dace. How can a preacher, uh, how can they be more clear? Well, the key to clarity is simple, and it is to discover the big idea of the passage. And that is absolutely the, the critical point. If you don't discover the, the big idea, some people call this the main point or the thesis of a, of a passage, that is the critical step in sermon preparation. And so what is the big idea? The, the big idea is the main point. It's really what a passage is about. And we're approaching this, Kyle, from the perspective, not everybody is on the same plane as we are in this respect, but that the Bible has something to say. And it's not a subjective thing that God is saying. God is saying specific things. I mean, John 3, 16, the Bible says that God loved the world and that those that believe in Christ, you know, right, there's going to be a specific result of that, that uh, they're going to be saved. And so it's not a subjective, well, I think it means this and I think it means that. A lot of times when people talk about what the Bible means, what they're really talking about is application. So we approach the scripture from the perspective that, hey, it means something. God has said some stuff. And so we've got to get at that. So what the big idea is, is it's the purpose that the biblical writer 
is getting at, what he is saying. It's the original intent of the passage. That's sometimes how it's said. So to put it simply, what's God saying through the writer here? That's what we want to get at. So if we're looking at a passage of scripture, the very first question, the very first discovery, which this should drive everything else is, what is God saying here? What did God say through this writer? And we have to discover what a passage meant then before we can apply it to today, to the now. So we've got to get at that. That's really what the big idea, the main point, there's other terms that are used, but that's really the first and most critical step in preaching clearly. Yeah, Dason, I, I don't disagree with you. I know that uh, scripture can be really complicated and it's not necessarily something that can be communicated uh, always in, in a half hour increment. So so let me ask you this. How, how do you get at that? Um, I, I know everybody wants to be clear in their preaching, but but what's the application? How do you do that? Well, the approach that you've got to take is you have to, in order to discover that that main idea, that main point, the the big idea of the passage, you're going to have to, first of all, you're going to have to read repeatedly in a, in a primary translation. That's the first thing that I would do. I would read the text repeatedly. I would read broadly. In other words, I would read the the preceding chapters and units of scripture, and I would read what's after. And so you're going to have to read deep and you're going to have to read wide. And the best approach, of course, is to read the entire book uh, that the, that the passage is located in. Obviously that's a lot. You don't preach out of, you don't preach out of Psalms often, do you? <laughs> well, it's easier if you're in Philippians, I won't lie to you. There's another P book, right? If you do Philippians four chapters, that's where I would start. Uh, and so, yeah, you read deep, you read wide. So the, the approach that I take, first of all, I'm reading repeatedly in a primary translation. I'm reading broadly, you know, in the book before and after, uh, and then, Certainly, if you've got the original languages, that is also uh, certainly would serve you well or other translations. I mean, there's preaching experts that agree and disagree to what extent you need to know the original languages. Hey, I would say if you've got it, that's great. If you don't, don't be discouraged. You know, that you can work with, you know, you can work around that by looking at other translations and and you need to digest them. You need to you need to let the passage soak in. Here's the the key point when we're talking about getting at the big idea. A lot of rookie preachers will, you know, they'll they'll be reading and it's like once again it's like they're collecting just all of these nuggets, these points, these thoughts and they're bringing them all together and it's like a supreme pizza. There's just like no organization. You've got to pan back out and you've got to see how all these things relate. God and and the Bible is very specifically design. There are themes, there are things that are being done with what's being said, and you've got to get at the big idea. The, the, the Bible is not a confetti egg, right? It's just been thrown down and you, you know, you pick and you choose and you pull something out. No. Uh, and so you've got to read broadly. You've got to read deeply, uh, in order to get at what's the one thing this passage is about. There's going to be one thing, right? Now, there might be multiple things that are attached or connected, but there is going to be a big idea. There should be a big idea. And if we don't discover that big idea, you're going to produce a sermon that is going to be difficult for people to follow. And that may be one of the the takeaways for someone listening today uh, is to 
even just check that linkage, which is, hey, what was that main point? Like, what do you think this was about? In fact, uh, recently what uh, I've been able to do with Talent on Church Services is we've done these uh, free church online uh, reviews, so almost like a secret shopper. And that's one of the questions we ask in there is, hey, what do you think the main point was? And so if the, if, if the person listening, as we're doing those reviews, if we can't communicate back to the pastor, this is what I think the main point was, um, then I, I do think that it's more difficult. And so I do wonder if a lot of pastors today, uh, because we've spent time thinking about this, and this has been, you know, decades sometimes of, of preparation, uh, if sometimes we would have taken Philippians, that was four chapters, uh, and turned it into seven. Uh, and so, right, clarity uh, a lot of times comes with uh, less is more. So Dace, let me ask you this. Uh, how do you know if, if your sermon has been a success or, or how do you know if you, you got it, you, you knock, you hit a home run, like you really scored a touchdown. Those are all bad analogies, but how do you know if you've got it? <laughs> well, Kyle, capturing the main point is that first critical step. It's not the only step for sermon preparation, but it's the first and most critical step. And so how do you know if you've gotten it? Well, you need to ask yourself these questions. First of all, number one, am I the only person in 2000 years that's come up with this? Now, if you're the only person in 2000 years that's looked at this passage and, and, and determined, well, it means this. If no one else in the history of the church has come up with that, then you need to pause and go back and check yourself. Re- you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's the bottom line. You better check it before you wreck it because... Yeah, there's been a lot of preaching and and I can think of I can think of a couple of names right now that, you know, of faithful preachers that have preached through every book of the Bible, virtually every passage. And uh, you need to you need to check yourself. So, yeah, you might say it a little bit differently with, you know, modern language, you know, specific to your context. That's great. But make sure that you are not off in crazy land, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, before you proceed. The second diagnostic question is, do the parts equal the whole? And what I mean by that is just because we're saying you need to get at the big idea, you know, biblical passages, there are multiple, there can be multiple things going on there. Certainly. I mean, think about the components of an engine, right? We're talking about an engine and there are multiple, you know, there's cylinders, there's an alternator, there's all these different pieces that equal the whole. Well, a sermon is the same way. The parts need to equal the whole. The whole is what's the big point? What's the main idea? What's the driving thing that this passage is about? And do the specific parts equal the whole? And that leads me back to, that's really the, you know, the rookie mistake that we see, particularly with young pastors. They're preaching the parts, and they don't know how the parts equal the whole. And sermons like that just lose people. And finally, a great question to ask uh, at this point, and then also at the end when your sermon is done, which we haven't even gotten close to that yet. That comes in future episodes. But the, what we'll call the 3 a.m. test. You need to get familiar with that test. And what the 3 a.m. test is, if you wake up in a pool of sweat in your bed after your sermon preparation and someone asks you, hey, what's the big idea? You need to be able to state that in one clear sentence, as clear as crystal, instead of, well, uh, it's about this, 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 and this. That's not clear. And so those three things I think will help you know whether you've gotten it. Are you the only person that's got it in 2000 years? That's the first question. Second question, do the parts equal the whole? And then finally, the 3 a.m. test. What's this thing about at three in the morning? If you can't put that out there in your fuzzy state of sleep, right? 
then we've got some work to do. Yeah, Dason, as we're sitting here talking about thriving in our preaching and, and specifically how to be more clear, you know, what is the one thing that you would want uh, pastors to know uh, if they're really struggling and they're sitting here saying, man, I, I want to be clear, clearer. I want to uh, be more effective in my preaching. I want to feel like I'm thriving. Uh, what is the one takeaway or one encouragement you would have for them? You don't have to be brilliant to be a great preacher. Amen. You don't have to have a PhD to be a great preacher. You don't have to be a genius. You know, you don't have you. The key to great preaching is, is to be clear and great preaching is going to be about that one thing. People are going to remember that one thing. And so, you know, the key to great preaching is just, hey, just stay at it. Stay in the text until one thing emerges from that text that is what connects everything else. And so, for example, you know, you may be studying a, a complicated passage of scripture, and then finally it just kind of emerges out of there that, man, this passage is about loving other people like Jesus loved people. And so what's it about? Love people like Jesus love people. Love like Jesus, right? People remember statements like that. They do not remember our long, drawn-out, I'm smarter than you type statements. Uh, what they remember is things that are simple and things that are clear. And so, you know, for pastors, you're discouraged, you know, and you're preaching, you're frustrated in your preaching and you're comparing yourself to other people. Don't do that. Stay with the text. Don't go out and buy 15 more commentaries. Stay with the text. Use your few trusted resources later in the game, so to speak. And just stay in that passage until the one thing becomes clear. And then from that point, you'll have a good foundation to build a great message. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast. As we talk about thriving in preaching, we are here to serve pastors and church leaders. If there's any way that we can do that, any resources, any advice, uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out to us at thedailypastor at gmail.com or Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at talentonservices.com. That's right. And if you'd like to explore additional resources for preaching, be sure to visit dailypastor.com. Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great day. Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor.